0: Welcome back, friends, enemies, and frenemies. Today, I'm talking about meetings. We all have them, and most likely, you feel like you have too many of them. So I'm going to speak a bit about how to make meetings great again, Um, the key aspects of having meetings that are efficient and productive instead of having meetings just to have meetings. So for this purpose, I divided the general area of meetings into three different kinds. For me, I separated them as recurring meetings, purpose meetings, and brainstorms. And I'm gonna go a bit in depth with advice for each of these kind of meetings and things you can do, both if you are a manager or a leader um, that calls in for these meetings, But also if you are a participant or you're not on leadership level, but yet you have to call in for meetings, you have to set the agenda and things like that. So just in general, um, there are a few aspects um, that I would say should go for all kinds of meetings. So covering all of these three types and if I forgot any kind of meetings that uh, you have, also for those. So my general advice for all kinds of meetings is first of all, agenda. Every meeting should come with an agenda to manage expectations and set expectations and to ensure that everybody can prepare. Ideally, everybody comes prepared to a meeting, but of course, a lot of times that is out of your hands. So all you can do is set an agenda that hopefully everybody reads and has the chance to come prepared and the rest is out of your hands. Second of all, every meeting should have a clear outcome and that outcome can be just alignment, getting an update on things, um, getting an overview of status quo, but it needs to have a clear outcome of why are we meeting so that every participant Participant also knows what they contribute to achieving that outcome for that meeting. And thirdly, meetings should come with a certain guideline or pre reads. So, again, every participant should be very aware of what they are expected to bring to the table. Is there information that they need to read before the meeting? Is there something they need to prepare for the meeting? That should be made very clear for every meeting. And lastly, planning ahead. I don't think there should be any meetings that should be called in for on the spot. Every meeting should be called in for latest 24 hours before. Of course, there can be a lot of situations where you need a quick checkup and so on, but for me, I would not even call that a meeting. <laughs> um that is just kind of something that happens and sometimes it's easier to sit down together and go over something but for me that is not a meeting but a meeting where you put several people together they should have time to prepare they should have time to schedule ahead that also falls into place with like uh, productivity so if you just call people in for for quick meetings that means they don't have time to prepare they most likely sitting there and have lots of different priorities, um, have a very busy day and other things on their mind. So that doesn't really set a good ground to talk about something, agree on something, whatever the purpose of the meeting is. So those are my four general guidelines um, or, or factors for making meetings great again. Have an agenda, have a clear outcome, that is expected from the meeting, having some sort of guidelines or pre-reads, but everybody needs to have the information that everybody needs to have to join the meeting for it to be productive and planning ahead, setting a proper time frame of when that meeting happens so people can prepare. And everybody meets informed and with the right headspace to join that meeting and make decisions and get things done now going into the three different kinds of meetings starting with recurring meetings so recurring meetings for me is obviously meetings that are um, scheduled and recurring on a certain uh, time aspect so for me in the first place that is team meetings team meetings can either be an entire department or you know a sub team and especially when it comes to all department meetings which I would say normally for my department, I set those once a month. Of course, it depends very much on the size of the organization, but at Presento, for example, we have an all team meeting once a month. That doesn't mean only the marketing team, it actually means the entire organization once a month. And for these team meetings, also if you work in a very large marketing team, and it is a all marketing team meeting, For me, it's important that every area is covered, right? If every area is represented at that meeting, then also every area should be covered in the meeting on the purpose of updating each other, making plans, checking in what priorities there are in each team, and also, of course, what the workload looks like in every team. These kind of meetings can a lot of times be very difficult to set the appropriate timeframe. I would say the normal is one hour, but I have seen cases where they are two hours or even longer. And I think it's a really important to be respectful of time. When you have such large meetings, you have a lot of people sitting there. You have a lot of meeting participants. And basically, it means, for example, if it's the entire marketing department sitting there for two hours, it, it means that nobody works in these two hours, Right. Not saying that the meeting isn't important, but still being respectful of time. So I would always rather cut it too short and too long and hold everybody accountable to the time. So again, it comes back to having a clear agenda and everybody coming prepared, because that means a lot of questions that might arise otherwise won't come up, because everybody is already very clear on what is happening, what is getting talked about, if every department is presenting what their priorities are at this point, then everybody is prepared and can, prepare, uh, can present. So, normally I wouldn't go above one hour or one hour and a half for, you know, update team meetings. And lastly, I also think that only information that is relevant for everyone there should be presented. So, there shouldn't be any information presented that is only relevant to 30% of the people there. Then there should be a separate meeting covering that. But the time of every participant needs to be respected. So also everything needs to be relevant in one way or another to every participant. Generally, the team meetings that I put in place, for me, the normal kind of structure is that Mondays it's a stand-up. So that is and the format of the stand-up as is some is a format I really like because of course with the with the standing up point, um, there is a certain a certain aspect that makes it a bit quicker, right? It is supposed to be a short check-in. So for those I would set, depending on team size, between 10 and 15 minutes, which is just a run-through of what are your priorities this week. And a lot of times during these stand-ups, you might hear something from another person that, you know, you have further questions on or you need to align on. And then it is a great uh, moment to grab them afterwards and say, hey, I just have questions about that. Or maybe there's already a meeting structure in place to follow up on that. So there is another format in which you can ask these questions. But it's a generally, for me, I like that format to have a good overview of what is going on everywhere. And to have an outline of, okay, so these and these things are up or these deadlines need to be pushed, priorities maybe have changed. So it's just a very good, quick way to align and stay updated. And then, as I already said, on a monthly basis, a full marketing team meeting where I like to both look back and look forward. So going over, okay, what has happened Then, of course, the status of the now, where are we at, are we on track, are we running behind, are we maybe even running ahead of time for some things, and then looking forward, so what is coming in the next weeks, what are the deadlines, projects, and so on and so on in the next weeks. The second subtype of meetings I have marked under recurring meetings is status meetings. So basically just update meetings for projects, for example, can also be performance updates or things like that. There, I find it incredibly important to focus on what is relevant at this point. So for me, status meetings is not about looking back too much. Um, It is about where are we at right now? What needs to happen right now? And how can we make it happen? So really focusing in on the now and what needs to happen to achieve the goal and then looking at what comes next. And for these status meetings, I feel like they tend to get very big and get a lot of participants. So also there, it's really important to be very aware of who should be part of that status meeting, so who benefits from knowing the status and the bigger the group is, of course, the more you should focus on the now and the what needs to happen, what is expected of every participant to achieve the goal. And lastly, also under recurring meetings, I have one-on-ones. So one-on-ones for me both cover one-on-ones with my team and the people that report to me. But I also have one-on-ones with our CEO, for example, on a weekly basis. So one-on-ones for me normally are either on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. I found in most situations that on a monthly basis is not enough. Maybe I also just um, have a tendency to try to, you know... Check in more often just to make sure that there are no you know doubts or or questions that are um, arising and I'd rather have this time planned in than you know adding this time in constantly. so I'd rather have it scheduled and then you know cancel the meeting if nothing is on the table just to give both to have that time with my manager but also to give that time frame to my reports should they need it. So for me, one-on-ones with the people I manage is basically um, a free time or a time slot I mark um, where they can bring up anything that they have on their mind. And these might be specific questions they have regarding ongoing tasks or projects that can also be for alignment because they're missing key pieces of information or they might also have an idea they want to suggest to me and introduce and at the same time of course also there might be other things on the table so for me I have this timed in or planned in my calendar and also there I want an agenda so I update the agenda two days before the meeting if I have something on the table I want to discuss, and I expect the same from my reports to put in the agenda what they have on. And if there is nothing, if I don't have anything um, I want to bring up in that meeting, and they have nothing to bring up either, then it gets cancelled because then there is no no need for it, and we don't need to sit around for half an hour and uh, look at each other or talk about the weather, right? So that is basically how I handle these on both um, kind of. <laughs> um, Bottom up and uh, and uh, and down. Now, coming to the second kind of meetings, and this is what I call purpose meetings. So, meaning these meetings have a specific purpose, either for planning, for starting a project, to get approval, for budgeting, can be any of these kinds. I would call purpose meeting because it's a, about a specific activity, a specific project. Yeah. So, firstly. Choose participants wisely. Obviously that goes for all meetings, but especially for these kind of meetings, choose who joins these meetings very wisely because the bigger the group is, the more general the conversation is going to be. So if you have something specific that needs to be done or decided on during this meeting, if you have a lot of stakeholders because you're thinking, oh, it might be good if this person joins as well, And that person could benefit of it as well. Then just be aware that the conversation is going to be a very general one. And most likely you're going to have to spend time updating people on what has happened up to now. Or even trying to to communicate why this is a priority, why this is important, and all of these things. Which is most likely not time you want to spend in a larger group. So I would also there suggest to rather keep the group smaller. You can always involve people in a different way than just via meetings. And if people aren't aware of why that meeting or that project or task you're working on is important and has a high priority, then most likely they might be a decision maker, but it might not be a high priority for them. So, then they might not be part, need to be part of that meeting, right? And then choose participants based on the goal of the meeting. If the goal of the meeting is to get approval for a project, a campaign, whatever it is, then only invite the people that have the decision making power to approve it. Don't invite all sorts of other people that might benefit from the information nope only the ones that actually give approval because this is what you expect from this meeting you don't expect from this meeting to give a, a brief on the task project campaign whatever you're working on it's already said you want to get it approved to get it started if the goal of the meeting is to plan something, for example, create a marketing plan for the next year, then only invite people that are involved in the planning process. Normally people that are executing on the plan should first get involved later. That of course depends on how widespread that that plan is and there are all sorts of different scenarios in it. But in the first place, only invite the people that are again making the decisions on the plan and need to be part of the planning process, not everybody else that this could be relevant to. They can get involved once the plan is set, or at least once there is a rough plan, and then they can get involved and you make the fine print together. But for the planning purpose itself, it is only the people that can and should plan. And if the goal of the meeting is to start a project, to kick a project off, or a campaign, or a product launch, whatever it may be, then only invite the people that actually execute on tasks. Because if this is a project kickoff, then it has already gotten approved, right? So then you should only kick it off with the people that have tasks and need to execute it at this time. Everybody else can get updated in a different format, can get involved or invited to an update meeting once it has kicked off to hear about it whatever the way is you handle this in your organization. But for the kickoff, it doesn't need the decision makers that might not actually be involved in executing tasks, only the people that have tasks and something going on in this project right now. So next to choosing participants wisely, for me for purpose meetings and to have them be productive and efficient, it's also important to share tasks and responsibilities beforehand. Normally, that is not something that should happen during the meeting. That is something that should already be set beforehand. So already in the meeting invitation, make clear what is expected of each person. And outline a specific agenda and stick to it. Especially if you are cutting the meeting time rather short, which of course is great because you're being respectful of time it's so important to have a specific agenda we talk about this for 5 minutes then this person introduces this for 5 minutes and then stick to it and that is something that comes naturally as uh, as a german i'm very uh, aware of time and good at time planning and efficiency is very important to me but of course in meetings sometimes you get a bit um, the the you know the the master of time and you may annoy people because you're trying to stick to agenda but it is a really important part to have meetings be efficient so somebody has to do it and if you called in for the meeting that is your job and lastly hold everyone accountable for the outcome You sent a meeting invite, you created an agenda, you made clear what everybody is expected to bring to the table and what needs to happen at the meeting. So it's also on you to bring everybody back on on track during the meeting. Bring everybody back on, this is why we're meeting. It's great, okay, we noticed there are some other questions and things we need to align on or decide on, but the goal of the meeting was this. So continuously bringing people back to that so you actually achieve that goal, because else it gets pushed and pushed further out, right? So again, my four things for making purpose meetings great again is choosing the participants wisely based on the expected outcome of the meeting, share tasks and responsibilities beforehand, outline a specific agenda and stick to it, and hold everyone accountable. And now, lastly, brainstorms. Brainstorms are obviously a bit more loose and fun meetings, but brainstorms need a goal and an outcome as well. Else, you're just a group of people sitting around having uh, fun and creativity is floating, um, and that is fantastic and can be very motivating, but then it might not lead anywhere, right? So also for specifically also for for brainstorms, you need to have a goal of what do we want to achieve with this brainstorm? Because most likely the goal is not, let's just have a big collection of cool ideas or of cool product names. Most likely there is a hard goal in or expected outcome in why you're having a brainstorm. For me, it always first starts with a problem statement. And that is something that doesn't need to be part of the brainstorm as such but that is setting that is setting the foundation for the brainstorm one example from me is you know one point we had a brainstorm where the problem statement was basically today we have a clear understanding of our demand generation best practices but we want to be more innovative So the brainstorm was around what are other activities or campaign ideas we can do to think out of the box? What are all of our crazy thinking out of the box ideas to innovate? And then we actually broke that problem statement down more to say we want to not only be more innovative, but we want to do more tests. So we outlined ideas of the things we want to test. And depending on what you expect or what your outcome you expect from the brainstorm is, find the best brainstorm technique. I mean, there are so many different techniques on how you can brainstorm and that depends also very much on what group of people is brainstorming, right? If you have 20 people or if you're a team of three people brainstorming, but it definitely makes sense to beforehand actually read up on what are different ideas for brainstorms. And then, Choose the one that fits your purpose best. Also, one thing to keep in mind is different personality types. So there might be people that are more comfortable with, you know, stepping in front of a big group and explaining their crazy ideas they have or innovative ideas and some others are not. So it also is really important to consider that and to think about, okay, what are the different personality types we have in the group? And what is a brainstorm technique that fits these kind of personalities we have? So everybody can also bring their ideas forward. Because, of course, if there is a feeling of safety, that also means actually that the quality of the ideas and whatever you're brainstorming, you get out of it is going to be higher if it feels like a safe space. So also thinking about how can we create a safe space? And sometimes it can actually be leaving the office and doing this exercise in a park or somewhere else. So there are a few other aspects I would consider to have a great uh, brainstorm. And then when you have chosen um, a brainstorm technique, bring the people back to the original goal continuously and also plan ahead for that. So once you have chosen, okay, what what are we gonna do to, to brainstorm? So, you know, of course it can be the good old, everybody is writing ideas on post-its then we throw them all on a board and then we go over them but what comes after that then you just have this big collection of ideas what what comes after that what do you want to do with that should you do you want to rank these do you want to dive choose choose three and then create more ideas based on the top three so it's important to continuously throughout the brainstorm bring people back to the original goal because these things can go off track really fast and constantly kind of guide people to the outcome, right? So you actually get out of the brainstorm what you want because it's incredibly motivating, at least for me, to have everybody be creative and innovative and throw out ideas. But, Is that really all you wanted? Or is it actually a list of, these are the first three A, B tests we want to do in the next quarter? Because then you're gonna have to focus people again and go, okay, there are all of these other cool ideas out there as well, but let's come back to this and let's go closer to to the goal and the target of this. And important for that is also the question, How do you focus people during the brainstorm? When things go wild, how do you bring them back? And these are things you should consider beforehand when you're planning planning a brainstorm. Both what is the brainstorm technique, how can I make everybody feel safe to bring their ideas and raise their ideas and thoughts, and how can I focus people and bring them back to the actual topic so they don't get lost in mapping out crazy ideas right but so you can recenter because a lot of times when the creativity is just uh is just flowing lots of other ideas arise of what else you could do and what else you could do and the more and the more and instead of actually focusing in is what what you most likely wanted it gets broader and broader and all of a sudden there is sight shatter and side ideas and it's of course nice that there is a lighter atmosphere but stay Laser focused. Somebody needs to stay laser focused and in a brainstorm so you get the outcome you wanted. So, those were my tips on how to make reading meetings uh, great again. Next week, I'm joined by a guest to talk all about ABM and why we should care about it and how you can get started. I hope you tune in again. Bye.